Welcome to Cloudlandia. Mr. Sullivan. Mr. Jackson, I want to know with all these calls that are recorded and transmitted, exactly what does that mean? You see, once these calls are recorded, they're digitized and they're ready for Cloudlandia. They're ah, ready for the all world. Right. Well, mm -hmm. I'm feeling very ready for Cloudlandia. Are you? It's nice to be yes. back. Yeah. Have you had a wonderful vacation? Yeah, we were at the cottage, and, yeah. and we had every other, every kind of weather. All four seasons. Uh -huh. Yeah, all four seasons, but uh, delightful, you know. I don't mind. Is your construction project going yep. on? Yep. It's finished. I mean, the... Oh, it uh, is. Oh, wow. Finishing the veranda, yeah, it's completely finished and very nice. Uh, it's funny, I we've lived in it for about six years. But we had this porch that uh, they had created for the original log cabin house. We've expanded and mm -hmm. renovated. But it was a, a useless porch. It was just a, a bare porch. Mm -hmm. A lot of, you know, I mean, a lot of, it had a lot of space on it, but it, you mm -hmm. wouldn't sit out there. And now that it's covered and it's got, you know, very nice chairs and mm -hmm. you know it's got double screens so we have screens yeah. that are permanent and then we have weather screens have you seen the weather screens i have not uh -uh. yeah so <clears throat> they're outside and they're rolled up at the top and then you press a button and then they come down on the track oh, and okay, it gives yeah. you a double it gives you a double screen and so if it's raining straight in or it's snowing straight in, none of it comes through the screens. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, God bless America and Canada. Yeah. See, I mean, we had a vision. Uh, we had a vision. Uh -huh. and, that, and that was a capability. And <laughs> now we've taken ourselves out of reach. <laughs> <laughs> Neither rain nor sleet nor snow can disturb your patio or porch yeah. endeavors. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's awesome. So, well, I love that. And that's, had, uh, I've just was, just before we got on the call here, I had a little, last night I had what I'm going to go ahead and claim it as the very best brisket I've ever put in my mouth last night <clears throat> from a local guy who big daddy who makes it you know all right here stays up all night making his brisket and selling it from a pop-up you know stand over here by cypress gardens boulevard and it it was just so melt in your mouth good and flavorful and just one of the true delights of the mainland you can't get a good brisket in Cloudlandia. You can only experience it on the mainland. And that's one of the joys of being on the mainland. You know, it's important to point that out to people. That's it's true. You can't get a good brisket in Cloudlandia. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. My, my sense is that once they get the trick of it, people who are going to take the greatest advantage of Cloudlandia are the people who were already taking the greatest advantage of the mainland. Well, certainly. I mean, that, and I think going back, using 
I think that this is this was kind of my thoughts in my journal today. I was over at the coffee shop just sitting and having a nice coffee and thinking Cloudlandia mainland thoughts. And it was it dawned on me like I, I was looking at the distinctions between Cloudlandia and the mainland. And that there's, you know, you're really there are some things that are completely separated from mm-hmm. each other, but it seems like the biggest like opportunities are the things that are the intersection of, of Cloudlandia mm-hmm. and the mainland is using all the tools and advantages of Cloudlandia to serve and enhance your mainland business because mm-hmm. most of the time the people who have a mainland business are basically mainland centric in a way you know mm-hmm. like i was mm-hmm. thinking about what are the things that are uniquely and only mainland and you know there's some things like anything to do with your physical body that involves mm-hmm. Touching it or it having the five senses. It. Yeah, the five exactly. Senses. Eating and sandwiches. Whatever other getting, senses. You know, yeah. Whatever, I mean, like balance. I mean, we have a. Yeah. It's never mentioned as a five salad, one of the five senses, but balance certainly seems to be crucial. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. I so mean, anything, it's never doc- talked about. Yeah. 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 It was very interesting because I've had fascinating discussions with. Um, individuals who when they die are having their body preserved and cryogenic mm-hmm. but they Including don't really our do own, that uh, our own show polish yeah yeah that, but the, the thing is that they're only saving the head and the spinal column they're not saving the entire body and and my point being mm-hmm. then if they bring you back then what how do you sense things because uh, all mm-hmm. the you know the sensing organs you've removed so if you're going to come back at some point they're going to resuscitate and what's the brain that comes back and be using as input as right uh, exactly and how is it going to fuel it glucose and all of the things that it runs on right how are you going to create glucose without a liver and (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and brisket. I mean, brisket. Uh, you say you buy the brisket. <laughs> How are you going to taste your brisket? That's exactly right. <laughs> this, is, this is a no brisket. This is a no. You're setting yourself up for a no brisket future. That's the thing. That's one of the. Almost take, takes a lot of joy out of the expectation, doesn't oh, it? <laughs> that, that is right. So yeah. that's kind of the thing. That was my you know, mm-hmm. observation. That's certainly one category is everything to do with the care and servicing of our meat robots. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really the the thing. Mm-hmm. Those are because wherever your meat robot is, that's where you are, you know, kind of. Well, thing. and meat's attracted to meat, you know, meat's <laughs> looking right. for meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that yeah. was, it's an interesting, I had, a, it was an interesting thought to like channel my thinking towards those things. And I started to think about like all of those things, physical, like you can't really, it's hard to be a chiropractor or a dentist in Cloudlandia because the teeth and the backs and necks are located in a geography. 
And I was really, I was looking through the distinctions of, you know, in Cloudlandia, the divisions are in time zones. That's the only real division in terms of access, wherever you're calibrating to somebody's day or night kind of thing. So time zones are the most, instead of setting up in regions like physically being located in the UK or in China or wherever, you can serve all of those markets through shifting time zones, not geography, which is kind of a, that's something that you've discovered being able to have Australia workshops by just shifting into being able to serve people in the time zone that's appropriate for mm-hmm. that side of the world, mm-hmm. you know, whereas mm-hmm. in, in the, on the mainland, it's like a zoning in, there's far more kind of distinctions, starting with your physical address where you are, like your, I guess you even go lower to that, your GPS coordinates where your mm-hmm. iPhone can pinpoint you wherever you are on the planet to your physical address, to your street, to your neighborhood, your zip code, your town, your county, your state, you know, all of those kind of varying telescopic, you know, view of geography. And there's a really interesting thing of when you take all the, you've got an opportunity even if you are an only local business to take all of the Cloudlandia elements and focus them only through that lens of this 15 mile radius of my Mm -hmm. podiatry practice that Mm -hmm. I could be, as long as I'm internet famous (laughs) in that 15 mile radius, that's the key. I don't need to be, as a podiatrist, world famous. You just need to be 15 mile famous, you know? And that, that I think, is, that was what, that's what's kind of exciting to me because that's yeah. kind of been hmm. my magic yeah. formula of syndication, you know, of finding, taking something that worked in Georgetown would equally work in the beaches, you know, so that's been, yeah, uh, well, you created, you created a, an overlay, yeah, a digital overlay yeah, way back. I mean, we're talking uh-huh. probably <clears throat> well before we, you know, started chatting. I mean, you had mm-hmm. already done this so that you could l- look at the beaches and mm-hmm. you create a level of abstraction and the level of abstraction that you created was the different stages of home ownership that yeah. a single person or a single, let's say a couple, a single couple would go through from, let's say, ages 20s through 80s, but not go out of the geographic area of the beaches. In other words, That's uh, exactly right. the, six, the 60 years would be all spent in the mainland reality of the the beaches. This is mm-hmm. a, for those of you who are Tuning in to Welcome to Cloudlandia, uh, what we're referring to is the area of Toronto that I live in, and it's a beach community, and it's truly the only real beach community in Toronto because it's got Mm -hmm. a beach, and it's got a boardwalk, and Mm -hmm. you have access, direct access to it, and 
the rest of the city is gradually getting there because it was very industrialized down right mm-hmm. on the lake. And now gradually there's a movement, probably in 25 years, uh, I would say a good deal of the, you know, the industrialization, industrial lands will be gone and they'll be converted what was, into what's residences. What's the on the, on the Google Smart City or whatever plans that they had? For well, Toronto. that was voted down. That was voted oh, okay. down. And uh, it was the requirements that Google had that the people who lived there had to be connected to Google. And, and in, in other words, they had to be willing to be tracked and traced 24-7 by Google. Mm. So if they lived there, they were like mm. a, lab ex- a lab experiment. And, and they couldn't explain it well, why that was true. Why couldn't anyone live there? You know, because, you know, I mean, that, and then they were saying that we want the land for free because we're bringing so much good to the city of Toronto. And they tried to make a convincing argument that wasn't a compelling offer. (laughs) (laughs) Now that was on the land, that was kind of between you and the city center kind of thing, right? Well, actually, it's, uh, it's more specific. It's basically the area cherry street the cherry street that goes down into the big industrial area it's still a big industrial area it's being converted now but it's the shoreline right to the red path sugar you know it's about you know six seven blocks and Mm -hmm. you know highly prized real estate if it's cleared and it's decontaminated because there's a lot of industrial waste right they have to take out of the soil so they have to reprocess the soil but in the end, Google overstepped and they sort of said, well, you know, you, this will be famous in the world, so why don't you just give us the land and we'll do mm. that. And the one, the one phrase that just doesn't work in the city of Toronto is, you give us the land. <laughs> right. How about you give us the land? <laughs> <laughs> don't you realize... What a powerhouse we are in Cloudlandia. Oh, Why don't you it, just give us this piece of mainland, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. That's where, that's where you can really see the, the differentiation between the mainland and, and Cloudlandia when it comes down to a square foot of yeah. land in, in the city of Toronto. Right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, it didn't really... work, but it's developing and the other concerns are going up, but if you came, you they tore down the gardener part that when you make the turn on the gardener to go north on the Don Valley, mm-hmm. it was an extension that went out to the beaches. Yeah, and they tore that down. And that's all been torn down. That's all been torn wow. down. That, that, you know, it's quite a long stretch. And what they're doing now from Cherry Street now to commissioners, let's say you're, you're going down to commissioners, not really knowing how much you have an awareness because we see it every day. So we're pretty aware of it. But they're putting in the brand new condo housing in that area now for about Mm -hmm. 10,000 people. Wow. It's like probably the biggest project I've ever seen in the city of Toronto. It's just immense. You know, it's, you know, it's about two full industrial blocks along the, you know, along the shoreline, and then it goes about four blocks in down into the 
industrial like another, um, That's all been cleared. That's all been cleared now. It's like another extension of City Place or whatever they call that by the... Yeah, the and the other thing uh, is that here. they're creating a new channel for the Don River. So they're obviously going to create like a Venice-like apparatus down there with a lot of bridges and everything. Oh, my so goodness. A lot, wow. of, a lot of people, a lot of people. Well, you're on the, you know, you're close to the inland waterway yeah. in, uh, in Florida. And the inland water, you know, the inland, uh, sort of the waterway in Florida, yeah. you know, which goes pretty well right up the whole length of the state. The whole perimeter, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, proves that God loves real estate agents. Yeah, <laughs> that's the truth, isn't it? You get three, front, but let's get another. Yeah, you get three. A little channel here. Where other people have one, Florida has three. That's yeah, exactly and, uh, right. Yeah. And, yeah. No, uh, the perimeter of Florida is a wonderland. It's yeah. such a. It's so amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, there's the perfect example that all of that when you. You know, that the other thing, you know, the other major category is that is where you physically live, your home ownership, everything around your physical dwelling in terms of whether you're renting or own and all of the maintenance and servicing and things that go along with home ownership. Those are purely, you know, mainland businesses and you know, the, but the good news is that once you, you know, they're very, they're duplicatable. You know, that's kind mm-hmm. of the, it's the difference between scalable and duplicatable, like a primarily Cloudlandia business, like Coach. If you think, if you take away the physical workshops, the strategic coach, you know, Cloudlandia campus or division is really scalable. Right. Whereas the workshop model is duplicatable Mm because you've got the workshops and those are duplicatable in two ways through having other coaches teach the program Mm -hmm. and other and people physically come into different locations. That's duplicatable, right? Yeah, I was just looking. There was a Thursday on the calendar, I think it was sometime in July, and I was just looking, and there were eight workshops going that day. And wow, right. five of them were physical, were mainland, and three of them were three of them were Cloudlandia workshops. Uh-huh. And it just struck me as interesting that that was something that could happen in 2022 that wouldn't have happened in July of 2020. You know, like the whole global virtual is what we call that part of the program that you can, you know, if you have coaches for the day, I mean, we're still restricted. We have to have a team on the Zoom call. We have to have Mm -hmm. a coach on the Zoom call. And so there's a certain amount of mainland organization that's required Mm -hmm. mainland. But it's uh, probably it's much easier to manage 100 people. Than yep. in on Cloudlandia workshops, then it would be in person. That's a little bit of a bigger thing, you know. But you can instantly yeah. divide people up into threes and fours, and yeah, bring two hundred is our two hundred is our upper limit. Yeah, uh, that we've established because you can have fifty breakout groups of four at two hundred. 
Okay. You go. And, uh, and you can't have more than 50 breakout groups right now on Zoom. So I didn't know that. Four, okay. uh, four, four really works. And, uh, you know, and it's no more difficult to have 50 groups of four than to have five groups of four. That's the truth. That's exactly right. That's kind of an interesting dynamic, right? So that would, you'd say that is, you know, four or five times the number of people that you'd have in a physical workshop. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be a good size mainland workshop. I mean, if you had 40, if you had yeah. 40. So that's a really good, but you could do easily do that five, five times. Mm. With Yeah. I mean, it's taking a while for everybody's minds to... I had the benefit. You think about I had the benefit of conferring with you every week or so on this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have no problem. You know, people say, "Well, the in-person workshops are so much better," and I say, "Well, from a particular point of view, it, they are better." And mm -hmm. from another point of view, Zoom workshops are superior. You know, absolutely. I said, well, just think about the have economic. To, yeah, I just think about the economic impact. Of one of one workshop. If you take a fifty-person in-person workshop, where eighty percent of the people are coming from somewhere other than Chicago or Toronto or London mm -hmm. or LA, and having to fly to there, fly to the yeah. place, and so if you're thinking, most of the people in our workshop are going to be either flying business class or flying their own plane into <laughs> the thing or, and then hotel nights and the actual time margin of being able to be there for the thing. Cause it's really the day before and all of that day and evening of the workshop, at least for people and your physical location and the number of, People and the food, the brisket, man, the brisket. You can't, you know, you, you don't have to serve brisket in Loudland either. So it's kind of a, although, you know, I spoke at one conference, which was pretty interesting. This was for a REMAX group in Mississauga, actually. They had 500, they have 500 agents, but they had their people, they did their summit by in Zoom and they had set up with Uber Eats to buy lunch for everybody on the on the workshop so they set mm -hmm. up a lunch time but 30 minutes before the lunch break they had a break and said we're going to take a 10 minute break and we've forwarded you know we've you know texted your coupon your code for uber eats that is good for the next 30 minutes or whatever, so you can order your lunch right now, and it will arrive as we're ready to take the lunch mm -hmm. break. Mm -hmm. So the, the code, that this code was for anything that got ordered in the next 30 minutes, and then it cut off. And mm -hmm. I thought that was a really interesting use of, yeah. you know, way of doing things. And so that was, but that, again, the logistics of that, so much easier than than physically having to cater something, you know? Yeah, well, the thing is that when a capability is created, then different people see opportunities. 
uh, to it. And by the way, I'm about two-thirds of the way, actually 90% way through the book that you recommended, The Big Change. And how do you like it? Well, first of all, it's a beautifully written book. I mean, he's, really a, wonderful he's a wonderful writer. And, yeah. uh, and He's got a whole know, series of them, too. He's got a whole series of yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, but, uh, you know, from, Let me. from the standpoint of amazing changes, and these are mainland yeah. changes, and there were Cloudlandia changes too, because radio came in and television came in. And yeah. Uh, lots of other things came in, but the, it would be, it would be a solid bet to say that there was more fundamental change between 1950, between 1900 and 1950 and between 1950 and the year 2000 the the, the first the former I, I think you could make <laughs> i think you could make a very solid case that that was my assertion when we started looking at these yeah. things like all the things getting up to because by 1950 let's call television the peak of the you know content distribution where we you know, between Gutenberg, when print became distributable, there was the 400 years between Gutenberg and the phonograph. And That's then right. right on the heels of the phonograph, you had the photograph and then the moving images and then radio and then the telephone, telephone and electricity. Yeah. yeah. All of those things converged to get us to 1950 where you could distribute print pictures audio video and you know over the airwaves right to a box in everybody's house and then i have we, we look at it really from 1950 to 1985 probably we had this homogenous experience that was only just the evolution of the application of those things. Like when you look at that television in, you know, as it between 1950 and 1960, the huge growth of the number of televisions that were, you know, in the United States at the time was, you know, almost as almost at the peak kind of thing, you know, everybody mm -hmm. was watching the same, shows everybody i saw an infographic one time that showed that, you know in 1960 or 55 58 whenever i love lucy i love lucy was the number one show on television and had like 80 million viewers right everybody mm -hmm. watched i love lucy and then Gunsmoke was one of mm -hmm. those and then in the 80s when cable kind of came Onto board, you know, the Cosby show was the top show on television, but it had dropped to about 50 million mm -hmm. as the top show. By 2000, the number one show was American Idol and it had 30 million people. And then we tipped, then Cloudlandia came in, and there's only three or four shows on television right now that get a dependable 10 million. Mm -hmm. audience mm -hmm. so the, the but the consumption you know of the streaming and all the access to everything 
was unbelievable. And so I look at it that now those, the big change, if we take what the approach that, so people listening to the book is the big change. America transforms itself 1900 to 1950 by Frederick Lewis Allen. And it was written in 1952 and is phenomenal. And that's what, that's the book that Dan and I are talking about. But the, I would say from, you know, the year from 1985 to 19 or to 2020, you know, 22, where we are right now, I would call 2020 as the big shift because that's where everything became available that I would argue that going forward, we're entering a period now where it could be 30 years of just the same, just the expansion of using the existing platforms that are available now, like everything, like we're not going to get, I don't know how it gets any better for any of the things that we look at as the staples of asynchronous communication, meaning books or print or text, audio, video, all of those things that we're at the point where it's basically you have access to everything ever written instantly on your smartphone, wherever you are. Same thing with every song or minute of audio ever recorded is available at your fingertips just for summoning with your voice. Every mm-hmm. song ever written. I could mm-hmm. just yell you out know, to my thing, Alexa, play, you know, <laughs> what's the first song you remember ever hoping came on the radio, Dan? I mean, when you back in your young days exploring the radio waves from, you know, Chicago or wherever you were tapping into with your exploring the world. Yeah, I would say, you know, it's late 40s and early 50s. And it was, do you remember um, the song? Do you remember any songs that were like, oh, yeah. What was yeah, your I mean, like? I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember a particular song, but I remember a particular uh, female. A lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> no, it was Joe Stafford, okay. who had been a, a big band singer. And okay. she was one of the few big band singers that successfully. Frank Sinatra was the first. Yeah, Frank Sinatra was the first big band singer who then went solo and became bigger than the band. You know that you had Frank Sinatra was the greatest first solo radio artist, recording artist, and radio artist. And that happened in the early forties. And he went out and did it. But uh, in the females, the, there were several. Joe Stafford was one. Doris Day was the second one. Yeah, Pat, Patty, I'm trying to think her name, Patty Page. So there was a yeah. whole series. And they started to really get big right around 1950. And then you had the movement from rhythm and blues into rock and roll really starts around 52. And yeah. it started in Cleveland, actually. That's why Cleveland's got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because a disc jockey by the name of Alan Freed, there was a big there was a big uh, event with a lot of different artists coming to Cleveland. 
And he said, we're going to, you come on down, we're going to rock and we're going to roll. And that's captured on recording that he said this. And that oh, wow. uh, that was the birth of rock and roll. Yeah, it was spoken. And that started in that. Birth uh, of story. Of the witch? I love a good birth of story. That's yeah, a good well, that, thing. That's, that's actually the first... the first time it was spoken, rock and roll. Yeah. And, and the play that and Babs and I have been participating in with Jeff Madoff, which is called Personality, is the story mm-hmm. of Lloyd Price. He's mm. considered the first person who walked across the bridge uh, from rhythm and blues into, into this new world of rock and roll. And the whole point was it coincided with a technology called the 45. The, and and all of a sudden, the teenagers became the big market for the first time. American teenagers became the big market for recorded music. Up until that time, it had been an adult medium. The and, baby boomers. Uh, yeah, that was the yeah. first. That was the first yeah. thing about the baby. And these boomers, wouldn't right? have been bad. These wouldn't have been. These wouldn't have been boomers. These would have been my generation, which was the. Okay. Uh, my genera- my my generation is from 1928 to 1946, so I was mm-hmm. born right at the end of it. But it would have been it would have been individuals who were born in the 30s, okay. who became the first you know the teenagers. If you were a teenager mm-hmm. in 1952, you were 14 years old, so you'd been yeah. born in 1938. And okay. but the other thing was is that he was the first black musician in the United States who had a white teenage audience this this was not only a you know a music revolution but it was a social revolution it was a political revolution mm. and so th- that uh, that had a huge impact rock and roll had a huge impact socially and politically on the united states did you see the yeah. uh, did you see the elvis movie by the way i haven't seen it no i haven't seen it's it really it well good? done yeah it's really well mm-hmm. done. i mean it tells mm-hmm. a great so tom hanks playing colonel parker it's really that story is the collaboration mm-hmm. between Colonel Parker and Elvis. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really it was neat to see kind of for Sam what you're talking about there, because that was, you know, the radio every, you know, getting on the radio. But then people being able to see him on television, shaking those yeah. hips, Dan. Yeah, I, he was actually censored by Ed yeah. Sullivan that the camera angle couldn't be below yeah. the hips. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I can remember my, I went to Catholic grade school and high school, and I remember the nuns uh, being alert to this. And they said, Yo, don't you be watching this mm. uh, type of music. Don't you be listening oh to this goodness. type of music. It leads to sin. And they were right. It did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but I will tell yeah. you from the book, that uh, Big Change book, it strikes me that if I had to pick one technology that changed America the most, it was the car. Yes. Yeah, mobility, right? That's the thing. Mobility. About. Independence and mobility. Yeah. You know, and I said, you got everything packed. You got about 10 different wants that are packed into one, you know. You get to get out of your town. You get to get away from your parents. You get to... You got your own private room on wheels, but what's wrong with that? And that's kind of, an, so it's an interesting thing when you look at what, if we were taking this same thing, if Frederick Lewis were of, alive right now, 
and talked about the big change from 2000 to 2022, what would be the, you know, and I think that it's access, right? Like I think. Yeah, it's the internet the, and, the, and probably yeah. the cell phone yeah. and the internet there, the two drives. Yeah. And the thing, he did a very good job of describing why Ford was such a big pioneer. <clears throat> he talked about six or seven different technologies all merged at the time of Henry Ford and his assembly line. And and the other thing was the remarkable thing that Ford pulled off, which probably changed things unbelievably, was that he kept lowering the price of the car, but he kept increasing the salaries of him, his employees. Yeah, trying to get more, create more people who could afford cars. It's well, he wanted place. the people yeah. who made them. Yeah the people who made them to be the customers. And yeah. the other thing, he doesn't mention it, and I found it surprising that he didn't, but Henry Ford actually created the weekend because everybody mm-hmm. works six days a week. And he said, if they're working six days a week, they aren't going to want to spend Sunday driving around. So right. he said, let's give them an extra day. Uh-huh. And, and we take their salaries higher and we give them an extra day. Yeah. Almost sounds like strategic coach, you know. It's make more work right. Yeah, take more free days, you'll make more money. And you know, he for the rest of his life he had to try he had to walk around with bodyguards because the other manufacturers really wanted to do him in because he, he that his doubling the work the work salary just really went right through industry and you know, like every everybody said, let's get in on this double salary and then give him an extra day off. So yeah. you could say he's a pioneer in technology, but he changed things socially and politically. Yes. And economically. Yeah. Amazing. Hmm. Kind of a, uh, it's a fun, it's a fun thing. You know, that does sound like strategic coach. I had to realize that, you know, so many of these strategic coach tools, Dan, fit with this exploration I've been doing on imagine if you applied yourself, you know, <laughs> I've been parsing. You know, if you, put, I, I, if you put the, the message that you got from your teachers and combine it with the message that I got from my teachers, we've got sort uh-huh. of a really, yours was imagine if he applied himself and uh-huh. mine was he has no respect for authority. All right, I love that. And those things Actually, like, I think uh, the two I think the two go together. In order to yeah. apply yourself, you have to have no respect for authority. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing where that's where you know, I've been parsing out the individual words of that and looking at each of them as a you know, a, a distinct thing and you know, that, where the block is. And I think if you just take even the first thing imagine is your ability to visualize a bigger future, a, a thing that mm-hmm. you, something that you like, the ability to even have a vision that's bigger than or different than what your current situation is. Most mm-hmm. people, if you just isolate that skill of being able to think that way without filtering through logistics goggles or thinking, well, I don't have the money for that, or there's no, I don't have 
that. I don't have the skills for that or whatever, just to, you know, I think about your book, wanting what you want and the uh, whole idea of getting, you know, creating that it's okay to allow yourself to think of vision, the skill of recognizing something, seeing a vision that regardless of whether it's within your current capabilities or not, to allow yourself to think on, you know, unencumbered with the limitations that you see of your yourself right now is a big thing. And I think that a lot of people don't have that or they don't allow themselves yeah, the I think the, you play at that level. Yeah, I think your second point is the operable one. Do I have permission to do this? Okay, yeah. because there's physical constraints which are actually much easier to deal with than social yeah. constraints. Okay, because physical uh, restraints are outside of you, but social constraints yeah. are inside of you. You bought right. into somebody else, you know, and that's why I but, say it's very important when you say I want this not to say yeah. because the right. moment that you use the word because you're trying to justify it within the framework of what other people will yeah. approve of what other people yeah. will allow you to do and if you take the first three imagine if and you and if mm -hmm. being what you were saying there if is let's separate completely the vision and let's spend our time imagining that anything mm -hmm. is possible without any constraints. If you can see it, you can have it kind of thing. What would that look like, right? Then the if is then what physically has to happen in order for the... Yeah, and then if you add... Who as, the, as, yeah, so yeah. there's where you get into the who, not how, but... Well, exactly, because the biggest constraint for the most part is you don't have the capabilities, you don't have the skills, you know, yes, but, hey, well, you. but who, not how, uh, yes. who, not how, you know, because That's the, where, uh, mm -hmm. because I think the biggest skill out of this whole thing that we're talking about is actually the skill of imagining something irregardless of whether other people are okay with that. Right. That's thing, like Peter Diamandis, the vision of space travel, you know, of having a space uh, thing that can go and come back and go up again. That was like an outrageous vision. And you have, you know, there's no idea how to make that happen or who do you need authority? Who needs to give you permission to do that or whatever? That opens up this whole other world of if. And then by creating the X prize, he gets all these other people engaged in figuring out the if for that vision. He just set the vision. Here's the vision. We're going to have a spacecraft that can go into space, come back, land, and next week do it again. That's the vision. And then not knowing how, that's the if of all of this. Mm -hmm. if that's going to be true. And this and this is almost like a strategy school stand where you think of mm -hmm. it's Voda, right? Vision, opposition, transformation, action. That's the well with this imagine if. And then you is the self awareness of what are your 
capabilities and strengths and the things that you know want what are right in your go zone your unique ability of this and that yeah applied is making the decision this is what we're gonna move towards and then yeah and i you know and i just say this as a line i drop in the workshops i said you know your future can be as big as you want it to be if you're not if you're not the person to do the house right you know i mean if the condition is that you have to do it you have a very limited future Are you there? Yeah, you cut out for a second. You said that you yeah, can have you the future out. can be as big as you want if you're if you're not the one that has to do it. <laughs> do the do the house. Yeah, yeah. Right. And people laugh at it, and I say, well, I mean, first of all, compare where you are today with where you were 25 years ago in regard to having to do the house. How many of the houses have been totally taken care of now, 25 years later? That you can plan much bigger because you know you have the capabilities available to you to do that without you having to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And my sense, this is where the great inequality is on the planet. You know, I've been, I've been, there's this tension, you know, about all people being created equal. And, uh, and my feeling is that it's a, it's a speculative, it's a speculative equality. And what I mean by that, if you played the game right, and if you used your if you used your mind in a certain way, you're not really restrained or constrained by any any particular obstacle. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. born in the wrong part of the planet and you can't do it there, you can imagine that you could live in another part of the planet. Mm-hmm. So funny, I was watching Bill Maher, as Bill Maher, who I enjoy. I doubt if we've ever gone into the voting booth and voted the same party in our life, but I really enjoy talking to him or listening to him. And he said that he found going to Florida and being in Florida for a month was the freest he's ever felt as a U.S. citizen. How interesting. Yeah, he says incredibly freer than New York City, incredibly freer than La, Los Angeles and Hollywood, he said. He said people can come to Florida with the biggest possible dreams, and mm. you know, you can go from there. And mm. that's where I see the real competition going forward. Now is the states yeah. are in the United States are going to become hyper competitive with each other in terms of who provides the most freedom. As our countries, I think, like you look at now, Estonia for instance, reshaping themselves as kind of a digital citizenship, you know, where they're gathering people who are kind of world citizens, digital ads, and allowing, creating an opportunity for people to have digital citizenship. That's a, you know. Yep, yep, yep. It's an experiment, you know. Yeah. It's an experiment. But it's all, I mean, all experiments, if they are successful, Start with the notion of greater freedom. That that's exactly right. Yeah, I heard somebody say talking about you know the thing of that where people are uh, trying to get off the grid, you know, kind of thing. People who are afraid of the, you know, the digitization of the world, the surveillance state, and you know everything being 
localized, you know, that their temptation to try and get off the grid and their counter to that is getting on as many grids as they can. <laughs> like yeah. having getting having 15 driver's licenses and having different citizenships and residences and you know banking being in different banking systems and you know being completely like just shiftable within the grander you know global context yeah and the one thing i tell people don't forget about cash always make sure yeah. you have lots of cash you know i've got it was so funny. Babs was going to Yorkville yesterday, and she said, "Do you have any cash?" And I said, "Right, right. Just stand right here. I'll be right back." <clears throat> and I've got about five different ATM spots in the house where I keep cash. And I came back. <laughs> ATM and I, spots, and, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And I had twenty brand new twenties, and I gave her. I said, "Will this do, madam?" And she uh-huh. said, "Yes." And I said, "Do you need a receipt?" Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you need That's a receipt? Funny. Stay says, right oh, here and close your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> this will be this will be fine. And yeah. I said, you know, actually one of the explanations for the underemployment factor, there's so there's big underemployment factor in the states right now. You know, that it's just really hard to get workers. But that doesn't mean that people aren't working. They're not working in a way that their payment shows up on the grid. Yeah. And my true. feeling is that the amount of cash in play right now since COVID started it has probably taken the I'll use the US as the example. It's taken the US back to how much of the economy was in cash five years ago or ten years ago. That mm. there's just an enormous amount of cash in play. And Do you, think you know, the trades more, like plum. Yeah. Yeah, more so than ever. And they're Mm. just not showing up as being employed, you know, Mm. and, uh, you know, you know, skilled trades, for example, plumbing, carpentry, electricians. I bet there's an enormous amount of cash trade and they have people who work 10 hours, 15 hours and agreed on cash payment. And it's less Mm -hmm. than if they were being paid, but no tax, they're not being regulated, you know. Right, and so right. my sense is that once something is created, it won't go away. It'll just be used in more highly specific and highly strategic ways. You know, in other words, that, so I always say, don't get caught short on cash. You know, make sure yeah. you have tons of cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people say, cash, I don't, I've never used cash. And I said, then they've got a complete picture of everything you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But it's endless what we're talking about here. You know, here's a really good example of the difference between Codlandia and mainland. Yep. So for years now, since 9-11, okay, so that's 21 years ago, they knew that there were two Al-Qaeda leaders. One of them was Osama bin Laden, and mm-hmm. the other one was Zawari, Okay. And this Zawari was this mysterious guy in the background, okay? So then they go after Osama bin Laden because he was the big mouth, you know, the big yeah. mouth who talked about everything. And they caught up with him in Pakistan, you know, living yeah. you know, living in his own compound. And yeah. obviously the government 
there knew that he was there. But last Saturday night, they caught up with Zawari. Okay, so here's a good example of the difference between the difference. Yeah, so he was in Kabul in Afghanistan, and he was living in the wealthiest part of the city. I don't know when he arrived there. But anyway, he decides to go out and stand on the balcony of his house, which was, you know, an affluent home, Mm -hmm. and a predator drone predator drone at about 40,000 feet spots him, and they send a missile that's not an explosive missile. It's a meat grinder missile. <laughs> uh, what? So, a meat grinder missile? Yeah. What it does, it's just got, it's got like, it's like got six Ginzu knives that just uh-huh. rotate very rapidly. And so what it does, there's no collateral damage. The building, uh, I mean, it, it put a hole okay. in the roof of the balcony. And there was a hole in the balcony where he used to be. And then there's remnants of skin and flesh and blood. And they just, it just turns him to ground. He disintegrated. Okay. He disintegrated. There was just a pink mess after he was killed. And I say that's a perfect example because all the work up until then to spot him was probably done in Cloudlandia. Yeah. The missile itself was pure mainland. Right. Boy, that is something. I mean, you know, wow. I had no idea that happened. That was just... Yeah, because they get a bad name because if they send an explosive, it knocks out the house, it wrecks the neighborhood, it kills 30 or 40 other people who are plausibly innocent. And here, they just took him out. They just took him out. Vaporized him. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a way where there's a coordinate. Obviously, there was probably local people who saw him who are in the know and they sent the message on but then the actual spotting of him and everything else and uh the afghans were afghans you know they were saying we had no idea he was there and i said well you know whatever whether you did or not he isn't there anymore so anyway but what it does it sort of sends you a message you know if you're a person that might be on the outs with the United States, you got to watch which balconies you walk out on. Yeah, time of exactly. Day. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But that's kind of an example of mixing the two worlds. Yes. I wondered, I was thinking when you were talking about, you know, you mentioned July 2020 is when you did the first sort of virtual. Yeah. Ones. I wonder yeah. if COVID had only been that one loop of we were, you know, everybody stayed in and we flattened the curve and it went away. Whether you would have still pursued or gone down that path of Zoom workshops or virtual workshops or whether the world would have been as ready for that. Yeah, I think the latter statement, I think the latter statement is the actual key one is that Mm -hmm. Zoom really worked because the world had adapted it. It wasn't because we had adapted it. Right. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, you knew how to use Zoom. You knew how to use Zoom. I knew how to use Zoom. Uh, There was no learning on our part. We knew how to use Zoom. It's just that nobody was at the other end. Right. That's right. <laughs> it's like being the only, we're like the only two people with a fax machine, faxing each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. After, after, 
Yeah, I'd send her a fax. Anything original today, Dean? <laughs> no, I got to think. <laughs> I got to think about it. Okay, well, well let exactly. me know when you do. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, Metcalf's law. You know, the economic value of a electronic medium is the number of connected users squared. Yeah. So if you have two, it's two times two. It's four. That's uh-huh. the economic. Value. If it's two million, it's two million times two million, which is a really big number. That's something. All right. Well, I'll have some exciting things to talk about because I'm going on Peter Diamandis' deep dive into medical science this week. So we. That's right. Where is it this year? We go to San Francisco. We go start on Tuesday morning and we finish off on Sunday night. So it's six days. Well, maybe San you're in San Diego. Maybe that your jet buddy might close you. Oh, he's there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, he's fine. He's fine us from San Francisco to San Diego. Yeah, so right. We're going. Yeah. That's what I mean. And yeah. while he's there, he might close you on the needing it from Toronto to Chicago. <laughs> I got a feeling I'll close him before he closes me. <laughs> okay, there you go. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Dan. Yeah, so that so, we're so we're not on next week, and no, uh, but two I, I weeks. From my two calendar. weeks from now. Yeah. Perfect. Look okay. forward to it. Okay. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye.